Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 77 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. If you're new to our podcast, we want to say welcome. And our mission is to encourage and equip local church leaders uh, to better lead in their local context. And so we're glad you're here. In fact, we would encourage you to rate and review our podcast. There's a new tool to do that. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash CLP, ratethispodcast.com slash CLP to review and rate our podcast. That would be awesome. And now I'm so excited about today's conversation. Yeah, make sure you rate five stars. You of forgot course, to mention yeah, that, that's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we are so glad you've joined us this week. We have a special guest with us, uh, Warren Haynes, who serves at Gateway Seminary. He's also an author and a fellow disciple maker. And we are so glad that you have time to join us this week on the podcast, Warren. It's my pleasure to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, man, we're, we're glad to hang out with you a little bit more. We met you last year when you came to, uh, to Alabama, to Birmingham, and um, got to, we enjoyed getting to know you a little bit, and we're looking forward to this conversation. And uh, you, So you wrote, wrote a book, Discipleship Uncomplicated, and, and, you know, when we think about discipleship, and that's kind of our heart, that's, that's our, we're, we're passionate about making disciples, but so many people, the approach they take is, is so complex. I feel like you have to have a PhD just to think about their strategy. Uh, but you kind of, you boil it down to very simple terms and, and a practical way to do it. And here's what's crazy. In today's world, right, 2020, in the middle of a pandemic and all this unrest, what's, you had no idea when you wrote the book that we would need, desperately need these concepts uh, in 2020. So talk a little bit about your approach to discipleship. Yeah. You know, probably the, the, the first thing I think is important is the whole matter of how uh, disciple making flows from your heart, your own heart, you know, and, and I think especially in the days that we're uh, facing right now, you know, um, I think our mouth is giving away our hearts in lots of Lots of clear examples, and uh, sometimes it's not so pretty. Yeah. But uh, when I when I got started in this, I, I didn't really set out to write a book or do anything. I uh, I set out to solve some problems. I was recognizing that we had lots of churches that that were just con- disconnected from their communities in uh, very real ways. And so here's one of the examples. I would often go to a, a church, you know. Uh, maybe on Wednesday or Sunday evening when, when that used to be the thing, you know, and uh, uh, I would go out an hour, hour and a half early and I would just walk around the neighborhoods and I'd knock on people's doors and I would get to know their, their name and, and I would pray with them at their doorstep. Um, And then when I got to the the church, I would say something like this. I just want to test your collective understanding about your immediate surroundings. How many people, um, around your church building within the few blocks here, do you know by name? And I, I never went to any place that could produce more names than I could just from an hour of visiting. And, um, I had really one funny example about that. I was doing a conference among pastors and 
and I was talking about the importance of getting to know your neighbors and and uh, these pastors came up to me afterwards and they were like, we're neighbors and didn't know it. And so <laughs> like, we're really convicted now, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know? So, uh, you know, sometimes we, we get busy with life and I, I think that's a lot of it, you know, and, and um, we're getting home from work. We have so much stuff to do, whatever. And uh, we don't know who lives across the street. And so um, I was trying to really just, say, here's how you can do this. Here's how you can, can make a difference. First, just get to know people. And um, so when I walked through the, uh, what makes a person desirous? Let's just start with that. What gives us the heart or the passion to walk across the street? And I can tell you this, it's not obligation. <laughs> you know, that's right. Because we, we've all been told that that's what we should do. You know, we should get to know people. And so if it were just about obligation, we'd be well on our way, but it's really not about obligation. What I've come to discover, it's really more foundational than that. It's really about learning how to love your neighbor. And um, that sounds, um, it sounds really super simple and it's very, very true. You know, just learning to love the people around you and uh, one of the things I think is important in doing that is just learning how to set your heart in a good spot. So um, before all this stuff kicked off, I was uh, traveling quite a bit and I, I, rem- I had this one distinct experience in an airport where um, I saw this young woman and uh, on her suitcase or carry on, she had hand sewn a uh, like a pentagram and she had some words on there that, that were not good, you know, and, and you tell, I was like, well, maybe that's how she got through TSA so quickly. You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> They're like, I'm not opening this up. You touch it. You know? Like, uh, I don't know exactly why she did that. But anyway, I was, I can remember my first reaction was to repel, you know, being a, a Christian, you know, trying to follow Jesus. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with her. And I recognize that in my spirit, that that's not where I needed to be because who would need Jesus more, <laughs> you know? Right. And so we have this, this tendency to, to have this battle inside of ourselves, but really it's a battle about learning how to love people. And we, we need not forget that because we, we can quickly justify our distancing from people based on different ideas and presumptions that we have. But you don't see that in the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus met all kinds of people that people were around him were wondering, well, what is he talking to this person for or that person for? You know, we need to learn how to just encounter each person. And one of the ways that, that has helped me is to developing just a, a really simple kind of uh, check on my heart. Um, and that is I have two things in common with every person. The first thing is, is that every person I encounter, God created them. And he's the one who knit them together. He's the one who wanted them to be here. They're here because God wanted them to be here. Uh, They didn't will themselves into existence. They didn't decide one moment that they're like, poop. And I always, you know, tease people about this. If you want to to uh, understand that better, just check to see if you have a belly button, you know, and that you, you got here because of somebody else, you know. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if you don't have one of those, let me know. You know, right. you're exempt from this conversation yes. if you are belly yes. buttonless. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So anyway, that or you may be an alien. Yeah, you, so, yeah, yeah. I haven't met anybody yet, yeah. so yeah. I'm still waiting, waiting for that one. But uh, anyway, if we can remind ourselves that here's a person that God created that he knit them together in their mother's womb, that he has purpose and plan for their life. He did the same for me. And so you foundationally, you do not close distance by focusing on differences. You close distance by focusing on what's in common. And there are some core things that every person has in common. One is that we're all created by God. Our forefathers got that right. You know? right. And uh, that's important to remember. The second thing I remind my heart about is that, that Jesus died to redeem them. You know, I have those core things in common, and I don't focus on anything else. I don't carry any other labels into that encounter. And that's a, that's a discipline because I've had to shed a lot of those and I'm constantly being like everybody else being bombarded to try to reapply those stickers, you know, that uh, Christ is always trying to take off of everybody, you know, and we need to try to do the same thing. Just take off all the stickers and remind yourself what you have in common. And then you have reason to get to know them. And it changes one of the foundational things that it does for me when I'm meeting someone new is it automatically raises my level of compassion. Your compassion is what empowers you to walk across the street. It's not obligation. It's compassion. Compassion is, uh, I don't know if you, you guys may be familiar with this, but on a scale of, of uh, I think it's from, uh, the idea of pity to compassion, you got pity, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And uh, each, each corresponding level uh, increases a person's involvement. Mm. And on the compassion side of it, you are willing to fully invest yourself towards a solution for that person. And when you read in the scripture that Jesus had compassion on someone, listen to that and follow what he did next. And you'll see he did something. He, he fully committed himself to that cause. And so um, that was really the first thing that stood out to me about d- disciple making is that most of the problem was with my own heart. Mm. It's not with somebody else. It's with me. And I had to get me right more times than not to help me get into the right position. And um, so I think that that get, setting your heart doing what Proverbs said, you know, in uh, 423, above all else, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. And um, a good way to tell if you want to know where your heart is and you don't know, then listen to your words, both in private and public. And that will reveal to you where your heart really is. Whatever comes out is what your heart is. However it comes out is where it is. And um, that was, uh, those were all very helpful things. It was just kind of like, um, a reality check. You know, you have to, it's like weighing every morning, you know, it just, it just lets you know where you really are. You know? right. <laughs> and uh, that's one of those things for me. And I think before you get into the practical side of that, and if y'all have any questions, y'all have any questions up to this point? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you're talking about, I mean, you've, you've written a book based on these principles of taking something that we have overcomplicated and trying to make it easier to understand and more simplified. In our current context, I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic where I feel like, and a lot of people would probably agree with me, that our complicated lives that we lived before are so obvious to us. You know, we've had to, by default, declutter and slow down and, and make some major changes in our life. And I hope a lot of people take that as a, a, a primer or a catalyst to maybe make some proper change changes in their life and their family and their schedule. But tell us a little bit about how you feel like maybe this approach to to decluttering our lives and simplifying the, the principles of discipleship would help us right now in where we are and maybe where we're headed in the near future, trying to get back to what we're trying to call a, a new normal or a new different a new or whatever different, it is. Yeah. 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 I think on a, on a practical level, um, getting to know people by name is important mm. because once you start to uh, call someone by their first name, um, it's the most important word in any language. And it, it does, um, it um, connects regardless of what culture you're in. If you can remember someone's name, they always appreciate it. And um, um, we know this on a personal level, we've all experienced that, where, um, you know, someone, you're looking at someone, you're like, you know, I remember them, but, we may say something like this, you know, I have forgotten your name and we might, they might be really cordial about it, but really they know that they didn't just forget my name. They forgot me, you know? Yeah. And so I think on a practical level, getting to know people by name is, is really important. And um, I remember meeting this guy at a gas station. His, his name was Fabio. And I'm like, I'm never going to remember that Fabio. I'm like, and I'm thinking about, you know, all kinds of different things. I'm like uh, uh, trying to figure out, I didn't have much to do, um, but I had a pen in my car and I just wrote his name on my hand. And every time that day, and I just, I wrote it in ink and, and I was reminded of uh, Isaiah uh, 49, I think it's about verse 16 or so, where God says, you know, you know could, could a mother forget a nursing child? No. Even if that were possible, which it's not, I cannot forget you because I've engraved your name on the palm of my hand. And uh, I was thinking about that as I was writing his name on my hand and I just let it wear off, you know, and um, every time I walked in, the, the person that took his place, her name is Christy. And uh, every time I go in there, I call her by her name. And I remember probably two months into this, she was like, how do you know me? You know, how do you know me? He says, well, you told me your name. <laughs> she couldn't even remember her telling me her name. Wow. But, but what it did for me and Christy is it says, you're different. You're different than everybody in here that comes in or just to get gas or buy cigarettes or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff in this little convenience store. And that, that little difference gives you an in or an advantage as a disciple maker it says that you care mo more than most people that come in. And so those little things, those very simple things uh, can really help you gain a, um, a, just a little bit of an advantage. And so what I do now is I keep a notepad with me 
when I meet people online during this pandemic, I've met people all over. I've got a, I filled up one notebook back in front with people's names and things that I've learned about them. So the, the one thing that people always struggle with the idea of remembering people's names. They're like, I hate this part of this book. You know, <laughs> or he's like, I feel so guilty. You know, I'm supposed to remember people's names. And here's the one thing I've learned about remembering people's names. There's only one thing that you have to do. You've got to work at it. Mm. You know, it's not, you know, even the people who are good at it, they work at it. They do something. They do word associations. They write it down. They do something and they've gotten to the, the level that they, they don't have to work as hard as everybody else, but they still work at it quite a bit. And, uh, and I think that's the one thing that we, we've got to do is just don't be lazy when it comes to that and giving yourself an out. I'm like, I just can't do that. That's not true. And here's a plus. You don't even have to remember if you put it in your phone. I have a great way of putting it in your phone and your phone will remind you. You don't right. have to remember their name. So there's a lot of good ways to do that. And uh, I think getting to know people by name, and then I would say probably just praying for people. And there's something about, you know, praying for people that connect you to them spiritually. I would say it's probably the first kind of real spiritual activity that we can do that will really begin to knit our hearts to that other person. I, I was reading with my family this week about Jonathan and, and uh, David. And it says that their they were their souls were kind of knit together, you know. I love that that imagery, but when you start praying for someone, you'll recognize some things. It's it's almost it's very difficult to stay mad at somebody if you're praying good things for them. That's exactly <laughs> right. Either you'll just stop praying or you'll straighten up. One or the other is going to happen, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and I think that we involve ourselves in prayer. There's only, there are certain things that can only be done through prayer. Jesus talks about that. There's certain spiritual um, leverages that can be done as we pray for that person. And I, I call it the three P's. I stole it from Jesus out of John 17. Uh, I pray for God to protect people, you know, and just imagine Christy, for example, at the, at the convenience store. And I say, Christy, you know, it's great to see you. And I don't know if you, you're a praying type or not, but I want you to know I've been praying for you. And I've been praying three specific things for you. Would you like to know what they are? Mm. And not just leave them hanging there a little, <laughs> little bit. And they may say, well, uh, all right. they don't even know how to answer it. <laughs> but you're creating this experience that they, they won't be able to, to shake. You know, and that in itself sets this moment apart from other moments that they're going to encounter. It, it makes, it takes out the mundane and it puts in something a little extraordinary. And so when she says, Hey, yeah, I would like to know what you've been praying for me. I said, okay, I, I've been praying the same thing that Jesus prayed for his own disciples. I've been praying that God would protect you and your family, that he would provide for you and give you wisdom to make decisions because you make decisions every day. They're going to impact you. And I've been praying that God, that you will personally come to know Jesus better. How does that make you feel that somebody's praying for you like that? Now you created that moment. And here's, here's something I think important to understand in disciple making is that you are a needle mover. When it comes, you can move the needle. The, 
it's not that you just show up and then something poof happens. That's not how this works. Call it the poof theory, you know, that that's not how it works. You can actually move the needle wherever you are because you have the spirit of God inside of you. You have the word of God at your disposal and you are the person that God wants you to be. So you step into those moments, not lacking what you need, but with everything you need. And so you can step into those moments as a disciple maker and create that spiritual uh, synergy in partnership with the spirit of God, because he's already at work. You're just kind of joining him in that moment, but he's, right. he's there. If you're willing to step into it, he's already there. So. That, that is encouraging. And, and, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here. So you, you guys need to go and, and we're going to have in our show notes, a link to Warren's book, because it's, it's incredible. The practical tools you'll find there um, in discipleship uncomplicated, but I want to ask you, um, you know, cause I know there are leaders and pastors listening to this conversation. They're like, Oh man, I need, I need to get that done. I need to do that. And, and I, sometimes I think we, we get, um, we get distracted. Sometimes we get discouraged, frustrated, but I'm just going to ask it in terms of, of me and I, from my perspective. So as we close this, this conversation on a on point of encouragement, I'm going to ask you, you know, I, I've got, I'm with you hundred percent. I've got great neighbors, um, some that know Christ, some that don't. Um, about six months ago, my wife and I started praying uh, specifically for our neighbors, and we got a map of our neighborhood, and we started writing names when we met them yeah. uh, so we could remember their names. And uh, we been, began to pray specifically for them. And, but what is, is challenging in 2020, even before the you know, pandemic hit, but especially since you know, people are isolated, they're, you know, it's, it's hard to interact as much. So maybe if, if somebody's struggling to get to know the people around them, you know, on a daily basis, or they're not around people as much on a daily basis, maybe they're working from home now and those kind of things. What are some ways that we can actually get into people's lives to begin to make disciples of people who are far from God? Yeah. I think uh, this is a great day. And I, in terms of the, the social media, you know, because you absolutely can connect with people all over the world uh, from your own house and do it much like we're meeting right now. I've had tons of, of Zoom conversations with people that I've met for the first time all over. Um, and so I think just being diligent and, and purposeful, you know, setting some time to do it. It does take in what we call, I would say this, it takes an awareness first. I used to think, you know, and used to preach this a lot. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. Well, that is true. You do have to be intentional, but you cannot be intentional about something you're not aware of. Mm. So awareness by its nature trumps intentionality. So, for example, with your, your question about if you're not aware that you can use Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Zoom to set up these meetings, you know, you meet people the same way online as you would anywhere else, like in a coffee shop. You know, you can look at their profile. You can know something about them. You can reach out and say, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And so here's one of the things that I've done that uh, – that is a low bar way to do it. So there's a program called uh, Calendly. 
I think you, we've set that up. And so what I'll do is I'll go, I'll find people that have maybe some sim- similar interests, maybe leadership or communication or something like that. And I will uh, say, Hey, I would, I noticed that you have an interest in this. I would love to have a conversation with you. Here's my schedule. Find a time that's convenient for you and let's connect. That's great. And it's that simple. I've had tons of people fill up my calendar to have those type of conversations and you've done nothing except send an email. Now what in conversation, um, you, I would say this, uh, one of the principles is uh, uh, approaching conversations with, with the idea of positive intent. So, and this is important for Christians. We're not very good at this, by the way. We want to approach conversations so that we can get something. And when you, when you approach a conversation for what I call positive intent, you're not approaching it to get something from it. You're approaching it to add something to it. So what value can I add to the person I'm, I'm striving to have a conversation with? And so a lot of times we're, we kind of get um, can, jumbled up because we're like, oh, we got to have this conversation. We got to share the gospel. Well, that may be more for you than it's for them. And mm-hmm. so if you approach the conversation with positive intent, about I want to add something of value to this person's life today. That's going to create the opportunity for multiple conversations and influence to be shared after that. So you're not playing for the one time. And that's a, that's a mistake I think that Christians can make and have been kind of pigeonholed in that. Well, if we only had one time to share the gospel, let's do it right now. Well, that's you know, there's a place for that. You know, there's no doubt there's a place for that. You know, when you're traveling, that kind of stuff. But more times than not, you're going to have an opportunity to have an ongoing conversation, like with your neighbor or with somebody that you meet online. So play the long game. Don't play the short game, you know, in that. And, and I would say that would be a very practical way. A lot of times my first conversation with them is when they sign up on my calendar, or on my schedule, and we have a a conversation just like we're having today. So that would be an easy way to do it. That's fantastic. That's a very practical yeah. idea. I love it. Uh, everything that you've mentioned today has been not just practical, but powerful. Yeah. And uh, you, you, uh, you walk the walk, whatever, whatever you've written, it's not some, you know, pie in the sky theory. It is something that you have not only experienced, but you regularly put into practice. So uh, we're going to, like Mark mentioned, we're going to put, or Marvin, whatever his name is. I, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, we're going we're gonna to put your, a link to your book in the show notes so that people can check that out. And, and as you have talked about, as Mark has mentioned, there's some very, very helpful principles. Yes. And you allow us through the lens of, of your experience and these principles to see that there's a way for us to carry ourselves and to carry out the mission of what God has called us to do in a way where we can just simply find ways to love people. And uh, uh, our world needs that man right now, man, do we ever, but Warren, thank you so much for spending time with us on today's episode. We appreciate it. And, and uh, I know that everybody listening has been encouraged and equipped to make disciples. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the church leadership podcast. 
Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.